Grab our hand and enter this podcast, AWAM. Andrew was a mistake. Now meet the Amaro to my Char, Tim. Hello, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm your host, as always. Why do you get to be Char? Because I'm the one who said it. But I want to be Char. Char. I want, I want the sunglasses. Oh, wait, no. The sunglasses is uh, the guy in turn A. I'll, I'll give you Quattro Bagina. I, I guess. I mean, as long as I don't have to be Amaro. I don't like Amaro. What about uh, the main dude from Double Zeta? Mm, better. But like... Is it though? I really don't like Amaro. Like, Amaro's just a bit above the uh, the guy from Unicorn. Okay. That's, yeah, no, that's probably about right. Yeah. Anyways, welcome to AWAM. Ame was a mistake. Where we, We're not talking about Gundam. Every week we talk about Gundam and nothing else. I, I would totally do that, but I, I don't think that would work. But yeah. So today, why don't we talk about, well, first, what are we watching? What are you watching, Andrew? So... I've really put in the effort this week to catch up to a lot. Of, I haven't watched everything that I want to have watched, but I have put in a concerted effort to really put some time in. Good so job. I've watched uh, Darling in, in the Fran XX. Uh, I think I've seen one to four, one to five, something like that. Okay. Um, it I, I think it is, the, again, it has the chance to do some really interesting things. And on... Like, on the face of it, some of the, the mecha genre tropes that they are subverting seem like it could be cool. And then by episode four, it just feels like it's all falling apart around you and they like like sexy robots. Yeah. But that being said, I'm, I'm still going to stick with it and kind of see where it goes. Um, what else have I, I watched? Well, uh, I mean, I also watched Darling oh, yeah. and the Fran XX or Franks or Franks or I'm not sure how that's supposed to be said, but... Well, they say it as, like, Franks, but, like, I kind of don't want to say that because I think it sounds stupid. I mean, I think it sounds like French people. You know, like, the Franks, you know, the, the early uh, tribal French civilizations. Yeah, I mean, I think what I said still stands. Yeah. Uh, I like Fran XX better, but I have been enjoying this show. I don't think it's great, uh... Actually, on our episode notes, you said you were uh, liking the relationship between Hero and Zero Zero Two. Yeah, kind of like Fatal Attraction way. I that's actually my favorite part of the show. Uh, I especially like Zero Zero Two. Like Hero's a passable protagonist, a little bit more interesting than you know normal. But Zero Zero Two is like t- for me the best part of the show. I mean, honestly, for me, that's kind of the only interesting part. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the only part that I would say is actually, like, real good, besides the animation, is Zero Zero Two. Like, everything else is okay. Yeah. Oh, also, the, uh... So, the animation is amazing. I don't dig the art style, though. Same, same. Like, the giant robots have big anime eyes and boobs. It's just, like... Why? Why, Andrew? Because, uh, honestly, now, I do not have any research to back this up, so if I'm wrong, please tell me. But something tells me that there were no women in the writing room or in the art room. Uh, yeah, you know, that's probably true. That seems like, like I, it's I, true. It passed if, the, if the I'm smell wrong, test. You know, like, if I'm wrong, tell me. Uh, But th- that's just my gut feeling of, like... It was a bunch of dudes going like, hey, like we're already doing this thing where like they're basically having sex to to ride it. So like, why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, let's do it. But yeah, so, so I, I've been watching that. Uh, I've watched uh, Hakata Takatsu uh, Ramens. Uh, that has been a big surprise for me. Um I really like it. The premise is... Because you haven't watched this, correct? Correct. 
basically, the premise is that Hakata is like known for like hitmen, mm. and like the city is teeming with hitmen, and there's like a, a company that is basically openly known as like Murder Inc. But so there is the main the main character is the uh, oh Niwakawa samurai. I might be getting that wrong. Basically, it's it's a it's a traditional form of theater in that region, okay. and like it involves wearing like a mask. And he's basically the hitman who kills other hitmen who like are do- like basically he kills the people who deserve to die. Gotcha, gotcha. And so he he takes contracts on bad people that he like he's notoriously hard to to hire, and he only fights with a with like a katana and like uh, kunai. Okay. Um... Oh, and uh, the his like, I want to say partner because he's also like a private eye when he's not the samurai, um, but he has, uh, let's say a a a odd couple pairing with a cross dressing uh, hitman. Okay, uh, is that is that treated well? Because like I feel like that's something that yes, good, good. Like Japan has been getting better at it, but. You know why it's treated well? Why? No one bats an eye at it. Mm. Like, there's one thing in, I think, the first episode where, like, a dude is, is like, like says something rude to, to the, the person cross-dressing, Lynn, and Lynn punches them, and they go, man, you hit hard for a girl. But, like, that's really the only thing that I can think of where, like, it's just kind of not mentioned, which I think is the best possible way that they could be treated okay uh oof. hard thing to get into real quick but mm-hmm. are they a cross-dresser or are they treated as being transgender um now i could be wrong but i believe it is just cross-dressing okay or if it is transgender it has not been delved into because we're basically only through like the setup arc, okay. So, uh, we I would say we don't know, but it, but there has been no talk of it. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's I, I will say anime does not have the best track record with dealing with either cross dressing or being transgender. Um, so it is good to hear that it's not being treated as a joke. Yeah, and and honestly, whenever I found that out in the first episode. Like it, whenever it clicked of like oh oh, I've I've been kind of uh, let's say on the lookout. Okay, I, I guess my other question because it, this is this is definitely very uh, well, what's the word sensitive? Yes, it, it's a very both uh, dealing with it in anime, which again does not have a very good track record and uh, talking about it. But like what anime often does is well. If they're not making a joke at it about it, it's often fetishized. Uh, does it do that either? No. Good. Good. All right. Or, or at least I don't. I, I would not say it is. Okay, because that's definitely something I look out for because you know that that is something I notice and does bother me a lot when it's treated either of those ways. Yeah, and and it it seems to genuinely be a. Uh... Uh, or I, I have no negative feelings about the portrayal as it stands now. Okay, that's good. I do have one other big question. Yes. What does it have to do with ramen? So, the the uh, Niwakawa samurai loves tonkatsu ramen. Okay. I and mean, Lin but who doesn't? hates tonkatsu ramen. What? But then it kind of works out where, like... Uh, the the samurai constantly gets uh gets Lin to eat it. And also they get their jobs at like a noodle noodle joint. Okay. Oh before I forget, now I can't say that this is necessarily going to be a thing in the whole series, but so so the introductory arc involves a lot of sexual violence. Um not and it is not um it is not fan service. Like, it's not like when we talked about Killing Bites in episode two. Like, it is not fan service. 
You know, we're going to have to start making a list of shows that just belong in anime hell. And that is, Killing Bites is the first, the first one to be damned. It's like a Hall of Fame, but bad. Um, but no, like, it's one of those things where, like, I don't think they treated it, um, in any way that was, like, fascistic or, you know, whatever, but, but, like, the first, like, arc kind of deals with, like, human smuggling and, and, like, you know, some of the, like, seedier underground, like, let's say, sex stuff Mm. that has to go, that, you know, usually goes hand in hand with, uh, uh, human trafficking. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, I think it's treated well but it is there so i want to give that quick like hey if this is a thing that 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 you're you you have zero desire to engage with like this the first arc at least is not for you gotcha um also i watched some pop team epic i'm actually planning on watching that this weekend i felt really drunk and high watching it and i was neither drunk nor high uh, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I mean, I suppose, you know, I suppose it's a good thing if you want to feel that way without putting anything in your system. Well, it's just like one of those things where, like, I don't know if it was just shock value because I only watched one episode. I don't know if it was shock value and I'm just kind of like, eh, or if it will grow on me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, there's a lot of, uh, like, inside baseball for... Like like the like gaming and and stuff. So if you aren't into that, like uh, gaming specifically, kind of stuck out to me. That like if you don't, if you aren't kind of up with with the 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 gaming community, let's say, uh, of the past like you know like four or five years, uh, you there are a couple of things that you might be a little confused on. Gotcha. But, it, but it's also not not that big of a deal. Um. And then, okay, this is the final thing I watched this week, and I am, I I am, genuinely very excited to get to talk about it when we get to the mid season and and end of season reviews. So I watched uh, one through four of Beatless. Okay. Um, are you familiar with that one? I saw it on the list of things that were coming out this season. Besides that, I haven't had any interaction with it. It is probably my favorite. So I love cyberpunk. Yeah. Like the genre. This is one of the best cyberpunk things I have seen in years. In that case, I'll definitely have to check it out. Now, that being said, it is very specifically the, the cyberpunk that uh, is that hits too close to home. I mean, and isn't that, that that's what why cyberpunk really like is it. supposed to be? Well, no, but, like, you know how there's cyberpunk that is, like, Blade Runner in the 80s when all of this is unimaginable? Yeah. Well, not unimaginable, but, like, oh, man, like, I could see us getting there in, like, a 100 years. Mm. Well, maybe that's a little... But, you know what I mean? Like, Blade Runner in the 80s felt, like, further off. Or, like, Shadowrun. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's a bit further away. Whereas this is like, no, someone figured out how to make robots that kind of act like people and, like, rely on the cloud. Gotcha. So it's a very AI-focused type of cyberpunk? Well, no, see, the thing is, they're not actually AI. Is They're just basically taught how to mimic people by having access to these large databases of how to do things. Mm. Um, and they're basically treated like cars. If gotcha. that makes sense. Gotcha. Um, which is, again, like, so if you don't want to know anything about this show, I'll, I'll put in a little skip time in here because I do kind of want to talk a little bit about it. Hey, if you don't want spoilers, skip to 1930 because so it, it, it gets really creepy. But like the good kind of cyberpunk creepy. Gotcha. Um, that that some of these people treat them as objects. Some of these people treat them as people. I think they're called like H H H I E S, human interface something. Human interface elephants. Yes. So these human interface elephants. Uh, no, but uh, so but. 
all I can, all my mind could go to was like, is this slave, like, like slavery conversations, like all of that. Like, you know, like when do things deserve to not just be tools? Yeah. And, and all of that. And, uh, as it's just really, really, uh, interesting. And then also it gets to now it's well documented. And this is kind of something I want to head off, which is why I want to talk about this. I hate fan service. You know this. Yes. And there is some fan service in this game that I'm actually going to defend. Show. I think. Show, Andrew. Huh? This is the anime what? podcast, not the video game stream. Oh, what did I say? Game. Oh, phew. Uh, yeah, in, in the show, there is a moment where, like, she, like, the, the HIE kind of switches on her, like, hey, I'm going to flirt with you mode, and it, it is kind of one of those, like, that's a, a big trope in cyberpunk, which I think is why I'm more okay with it, and I'm not sure if that's, like, good like uh, you know what I mean like I'm, I'm kind of still figuring it out if how I feel about it but it's that tension of like you know when people make robots people are gonna want to fuck robots absolutely uh actually we're already at that stage in society I mean true but like there's a difference between the robots they're making now and like can I tell a amusing and horrifying anecdote yes so, I believe it was in Japan, there was a kind of a tech convention, and a company brought a essentially a sex robot, you know, like a sex doll that had some robotic components. By the end of the first day in the tech convention, it had essentially been destroyed by people repeatedly groping it. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about this. So, the future is now, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, so like so, but the whole tension of like basically fucking a robot is a common thing in cyberpunk. Yeah, and it's also like again that I th I think I'm I'm more okay with it because it kind of gets at a deeper thing of like what does it mean to be a person yeah and like when like like what does all that mean mm. uh and so i think i'm more okay with it also it's not like weird gratuitous it's just it's more them flirting not like her being like hey here's my boobies gotcha yeah i will definitely be checking that out I yeah, mean, this this is if if you're going to watch anything that I have watched, this is the one that I'm like, no, 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 you need to watch this, especially because I'm going to be gushing, or at least talking, a lot about it whenever we do the season reviews. Gotcha. But so, what list. about you? What else have you? Well, to start, I think I've already warned everyone that I will be repeating this for pretty much the whole season. Junji Ito Collection, best show of winter 2018. Just already won, you know, the fix is in. It's amazing. If you like horror at all, watch it. I'll be honest, I still haven't checked it out. It's on my list, I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah, I, I, I really love it. I mean, I did come into it already loving Junji Ito, but it's very faithful to his comics and both the writing and the art style. And I just, I'm in love with this show. Next is Citrus, which we've talked about a few times. I watched the latest episode, which I think is five at this, at the time of recording. Yeah. And I was going to say, which way is it trending? Cause I do want to catch up with it. I just haven't uh, gotten to it. Is it trending back to at least having some interesting themes, or are they kind of discarding stuff more than even you said last well, uh, last episode? They didn't really get into many of the, the previous themes, but it was a very good episode that focused mostly on character growth. 
one of the characters has a very complicated relationship with her father and her father shows up for an episode and that it focuses on dealing with that so i mean it was very much a character growth episode but that's also i mean that's very good that is you know something you want in a good show is for the characters to change over time in ways that make sense well, I guess I, I guess my question was almost like you don't feel like they're necessarily abandoning no. the promise that I saw in the first like episode. No. Um, okay. Definitely not. There's still, I mean, it's still very much. You can tell they're they're going to work in more of the romance and drama, but which I mean, I don't blame them. No, I don't either. You know, I just didn't want them to go all in on that. They're also slowly starting to introduce more characters, so it, it probably is going to have more of that, you know, with the, the different character dynamics, which I feel like, you know, the romance and drama is going to be a huge part of these different dynamics. But, yeah, I liked this episode, and, you know, definitely okay. I thought it was a positive sign for this show going on. Okay, so, yeah, because that was kind of what I was curious about, just because you sounded a little down on it, um, or, or there were some worries the last time we talked about it. Yeah, definitely. So, I also finished Devil Man Cry Baby, which, all of it's released because it's a Netflix original. So, I mentioned how the beginning had some very brutal scenes, yeah. But then towards the middle, it kind of calmed down for a bit, and I thought, uh, wrongly, that that meant it was just going to kind of glide along with that tone and have a more, uh, well, less shock value to it. But boy, oh boy, the end of this was absolutely brutal. Just unbelievably so. Well, good brutal or bad brutal? I think good, but, like, it's also to the point that you may not enjoy watching it. I don't think it was done poorly or didn't make sense, but let's just say by the end of the show, everything you love is gone. Okay. Yeah. But at least seemed like that was kind of the plan, if that makes sense. Like you weren't necessarily supposed to enjoy it. No, you were not supposed to enjoy it. Okay. And last on my list is Overlord. The second season is airing right now. I didn't get to the second season, but I finished the first season so I can start watching the second season. Yeah, I've, I've heard that I should that I should catch up on that season, but I, I just don't think it's happening. Yeah, no, that's fine. Moment. So, for the most part, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I, it's probably the best guy again ends up in a digital world sort of anime I've seen. Okay. It's So you do have like the RPG mechanics, which I actually kind of appreciated how those worked because they made more sense to me because they seemed more D&D-like than MMORPG-like. Oh yeah, that would that would abs like just at first blush in my mind like that would work much better. Well, at least for me, like you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of experience with MMORPGs that they probably like seeing those mechanics translated into, you know, the fighty parts of an anime. But I just think those mechanics are are kind of limited uh, yeah. for a narrative show if you're gonna do that. Mm. I think the main character is pretty interesting. To begin with, instead of looking like a stock standard anime boy protagonist, he's a giant skeleton. Okay. Also, there are... It's not like having vying personalities, but there are two separate personalities in the main character. There's the human who played this character, and then there is the character itself, which... Is kind of based off of who he played as, uh, where this character fits into the world. So it, it's not entirely the human who's playing the character, and it's not entirely the character itself. 
So is it kind of like a like kind of a schizophrenic type deal, Not... or like multiple personalities? Neither really. Uh, the way I thought of it was it actually seemed more like uh, id ego super ego, where okay they were. Why why don't you refresh that? Because I know a lot of people get those mixed up, me included. Okay, so id is like your base desires. Ego is the closest thing to what people think of as I. It's the main cluster of your personality, while the superego is essentially the limiting factors uh, that keep your id and your ego in check. Okay. That's that's the very very simple explanation, but often you know the human is mostly acting as kind of like a super ego, being like, "Well, I'm still a human, so I don't want to go wipe out all these NPCs just because you know that would be the smart thing to do as a MMO character." Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So, it, they're not totally separate personalities. They just seem to be two parts of a whole person. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, I actually, I quite like that about it. Um, should mention, you know, with our discussion of cross-dressing characters earlier on, there is a cross-dressing character. There has been... No fan service or jokes at their expense so far, so I'm okay with that. I was a little bit worried about it earlier, before I finished the first season, that they were gonna... I was worried they were gonna do a few things that might just make me drop the show, but so far that hasn't happened. But overall, yeah. I really like it. I just have one big critique. So the seasons of this are 13 episodes long. Okay. But the pace is slow. Oh, so basically like it's it's a it's a 24 episode one season spread over two. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the two season, yeah, I think they came like a year apart at least. I I don't mind the pace. I actually think it's good except for when you're getting like 13 episodes every year or two years the show has no chance of finishing so almost almost like uh if if say i were to watch it i should just wait and binge watch it once they're like we're done or hey we have like five years worth of content yeah exactly i've, I've really enjoyed what i've seen but unless they seriously pick up the pace it's just, it's never going to end, you know. I gotcha. So that's my, my big critique of it. Well, so, Tim, have have you had any other anime thoughts this week? You know, well, anything rattling in that head? I actually did watch, I'll say, half of an episode of something else. So, I really like Godzilla. I really like Godzilla. I, as Netflix, someone who knows him, I can absolutely confirm this. I've seen him in a Godzilla Kigurumi. It's true. It is true. Um, so, on Netflix, there's a Godzilla anime. And I thought, hey, I should check this out. I regret it. I, I really regret it. Besides not being that great, uh, there's also the the real reason I was just done with it. Is it? It's what I call 3D anime. You might not want to call it anime at all, but it's 3D animation that's supposed to look like anime. And yeah, I've never really encountered this. I, uh, I thought you watched an episode or two of uh, Knights of Sidonia. Oh, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It just looks bad. I mean... Oh yeah, didn't didn't Sidonia have like the outside the ship parts be that 3D? Well, also the characters themselves were actually like if you look at them they're 3D models, but there's a lot of uh they flatten a lot of it. 
so it looks more like 2D animation. Maybe it's better to say rendered. Yeah. Like, like um, well, model rendered anime? That might be... That might be correct. I don't know what the actual term for it is. Well, we're going with model rendered anime. Decided. Okay. I... It ruins shows for me. Like, I just can't look... Like, it's... I will take really bad 2D animation over the 3D stuff any day. Uh, with one exception. I do want to point out... I think there is one exception to this role. And that is a show that came out, I believe, last season called Land of the Lustrous. Which had... It, it was essentially 3D. But... 3D in an anime style. But it actually worked for that show. I think they did a few things different. It'd be hard for me to put my finger on what exactly they did different. But also, it, it was... It fit the look they were going for with the show. And well, I guess that's that. That's one thing I want to ask. Is it... Do you think it's because... Um, so, one, one thing that I, I had someone talk to me about recently was... Like, are controllers going to get better? You know, like, video game controllers? Mm. And, like, the idea being that, like, you need to figure out something new, like, like to, to handle VR. Yeah. And so you need, like, to change, like, the, the old ways don't work. Like, do you think it's that, like, the, the anime style needs tweaked to work in with 3D rendering? Yes, I, I would definitely say yes. Because it, it sounds like you're saying, not that you... I mean, we both have a preference for, for two-dimensional animation, Yes. period. But, like, it doesn't sound like you're against the use of models, period. It's that they don't look good if you try to make them the same as you were doing in 2D. Yeah. I think that... Actually, I think that's a really good way to break it down. The other thing, actually, when I was saying that the art style really fit with it, the the characters in Land of the Lustrous are made of gemstones, and their hair is trans... Like, it's colored, but it's translucent, supposed to look like whatever gemstone they are. And you couldn't really pull that off as... Like, you couldn't get that sort of translucency into the animation. Well, it would cost way more than their budget. Yes. So I, I think that, you know, it, it fit with what they were going for and it was done in a different way that actually made it look decent. But for the most part, I fucking hate it and they ruined Godzilla. That's unfortunate. Especially being a Godzilla fan, though, you should be you should be used to uh, being very disappointed. Uh, I mean, yes, but also Shin Godzilla mostly made up for that. I just had to fire that shot across the bow. I know you did. Make good Godzilla stuff. It's not hard. I would argue it is, but that is well, a subject for a different day. Okay, the way people fail, it's not hard to not fail that way. True. True. I guess is the better way to put it. But okay, let's talk about some food. I'm hungry. Uh, I could use something uh, like fried, like like fried chicken balls would be great. Like not the, balls, the but chicken's like testicles? No, like chunks. You know, if uh, there are a number of butchers you can actually go to in uh, NYC that do sell bull testicles. Yeah. Yeah. I've had bull testicles. Uh, actually, something that hasn't quite come up in the show yet, I think it actually doesn't come up until season two, but I know a place where I can buy hagfish. All right, we're not going any further. Hagfish freak me out. <laughs> uh, anyways, everybody look up a picture of a hagfish. Or don't. Don't feel you need to do that. Anyway, let's let's get some, some uh, karage. How about that? Uh, that sounds good. Uh, now I actually want it, Andrew. Good. That's, that's, the, that's the one curse of reviewing this show is I... I order more takeout watching this show than ever because I see stuff that they're making and I'm like, I could 
I could order that. It would show up at my door. <sighs> I should do that. So in that in that way, I'm gonna be real happy when the show when we're done with this show. Stop putting on weight. So Andrew, what episodes are we going through today? Uh, sixteen to eighteen. Cool. We got a nice little nice little uh, sorbet arc before we kind of start the spiral towards the end of the season. Uh, oh man, all the food references are not going to stop, are they? Nope. So a quick recap of the last episode we covered in last week's episode. So Joe Chiro, who is Soma's dad, just shows up at his dorm one day cooks everybody a meal, and then uh, Soma and him decide to have a cook-off. And episode 16 opens with their cook-off. We get to see Jochiro as the demon. The demon. So, Fumio, Megumi, and Satoshi, which, if you don't remember, Fumio's the old lady who's like the dorm carekeeper. Megumi is the blue-haired friend of Soma. And Satoshi is the guy the who naked runs one. around just in an apron. Which uh, he's super naked looking whenever they, they mention that he's there. I honestly, I love Satoshi. I honestly oh, I do, do too. I'm not I'm not complaining. It was just one of those moments where it's like, oh, he looks really naked this time. Yeah. Like what I'm really hoping for is we eventually get a Shokugeki with Satoshi and he just wears the apron. Like, I, I, I think it'll happen. I don't know for sure, but it also needs to happen. Well, that's one of those things that, that they've set up enough that they can't not deliver on. Because, if you recall from a few episodes, Shokugeki's take place in a huge arena filled with people. And yeah, I'd like to think that he's confident enough that he'd just be like, yeah, I'm not wearing any, anything over my butt. Yeah, he just doesn't care. Yeah. Anyways, they need to make a light and refreshing breakfast. They cook a light and refreshing breakfast. Soma loses. Well, also, they're both, like, surprising decisions as to what to make for breakfast, but mm. they both work. Yeah. Like, Jochiro makes a breakfast ramen, which just doesn't seem right. Also, it's a vegetarian ramen. Mm-hmm. Which even more seems not right. How do you make a vegetarian ramen? Because when I've made ramen, I, I had to use uh, fish sauce and oyster sludge. Oyster sludge, is that what it's called? Well, a lot of times they, they'll uh, use uh, bonito f uh, flakes. You know, like the, the dried fish flakes. Mm -hmm. Well, then um, that's, but not, basically... that's not vegetarian then. No, 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 I'm saying, like, a lot of, like, ramens that are not pork-based, like, that's how they get the, like, the broth right. Mm. Um, but for this, uh, he uses, I believe it's, like, mushrooms and something else to, because basically ramen broth needs uh, umami. Yes. Like, that's what gets it. Uh, and then he also used, I think it was, like, a root, uh, a certain root to, to get it creamy. Hmm. You know, to basically he simulated all of the all of the stuff you would get from a meat dish, and then used uh oh I can never remember not tofu um it's like Taiwanese meat substitute mm -hmm. it's 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 not tofu it's not seitan it's the other one the one that is kind of like almost looks like it it's like little um it almost looks like uh like you mushed beans together and they kind of retain their shape so mushed beans no no it's not actually beans because no, i mean I, that's also a common meat substitute uh <clears throat> quick aside i make a killer bean burger I just wanted everybody to know. Appreciated. Uh, tempa. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Tempa. Tempa. I just want to double check and make sure that I uh, got where it's from correctly. Yeah. But Soma makes a risotto, which I also don't think is normally uh, normally a breakfast food. 
Uh, yes, but he also uses, uh, like, uh, I believe he uses Japanese rice, not arboreal rice. Mm. So it, it would be mushier. Gotcha. Which is good for breakfast. But the big takeaway, I think, is just that, like, Soma and his dad do basically the same thing, just differently, if that makes sense. Yeah. After that, well, Soma's dad. Should we call him Soma's dad? Dad of Soma? Jochiro? The demon? What are we going to call him? I, th I think Jochiro is, like, the default. Okay. So Jochiro basically is like, hey, Soma. You got this bit of a break for a while. You should go back to Yukihara Diner and, uh, you know, run that for a little bit. Ooh, I forgot one more thing with the duel. Yes? It is at 490 times he has lost, and they both hurry to write down the results and notes after the after the, the food battle. Ah. Uh, and it's just, it's just a very endearing moment. They really do have an interesting relationship. I mean, oh, I, yes. won't I won't necessarily say totally healthy, but a very interesting one. Absolutely. So Soma goes back to Yukihara Diner, basically, you know, gets some more experience, and also they have a lot of regular customers that haven't gotten that good, good Yukihara food in a while. Also, you don't want the kitchen to get musty. True. True. But when Soma gets back to the diner... Basically, the shopping district in his hometown is starting to die out because uh, because of a new restaurant that that opened up a little bit over the way, and people are starting to go there for food and walking around in, I believe, a different shopping district. Well, it's, it's at the it's at the train station, and it's like a takeaway food place. Mm. Yeah, so people aren't coming into the town for food, and then they're not shopping, so. It's starting to die out. Soma decides that he's going to fix that. Yeah, basically another another uh, street shokugeki kind of, but not. They don't actually like have the whole duel bit. No, it's just competing restaurants. So to help him out, Soma calls in Nakumi, basically to pick out the best meat for the dish he's about to work on. Which... Yes, and he also has um. Oh, what is her name? Uh, the, the judge Maya? from the first, uh, from the first thing with his dad. Yeah. His childhood friend. Well, that's interesting though, cause it's not really his friend. Cause it seems like we find out that, that, uh, Mayumi basically just didn't talk to him until like she was the judge when we see her in the first episode. Mm. Like they were around, but like they didn't know each other well. Huh. Like, they've known of each other. That is interesting. So, Andrew, there's not an actual shokugeki, but there is two restaurants trying to compete over one dish. This is where you say what the dish is. Karage. Which is basically deep-fried meat. It, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like better chicken nuggets. <laughs> basically. Uh, like, I think... I think the big difference is generally the meats are marinated. Yeah. Think uh, of tempura. Oh, it's very similar. Or actually, I was actually, so I'll, I'll bring this up again later. I actually think it comes very close to how we would think of falafel. Mm. Like, I think that that is the closest analog I could think of. I got falafel yesterday from a food truck. I was disappointed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I I lived on falafel uh, when I was in in the early bits of my college career. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll we'll get back to falafel because I've I have something to talk about with that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about falafel in our kind of higher level discussion because, I mean, falafel's important, and really, it, it's something everybody should should know about and understand. Well, it absolutely doesn't get enough love. It's kind of surprising. Like, I, just, I thought everybody loved falafel, yeah. but a lot of people don't even know what falafel is. Anyway. Anyways. So we got this team of Soma, Nakumi, and what, Mayumi? Yeah. Okay. Also, Nakumi uh, is, is the best person ever, and of course her solution is A5 beef. 
Yeah, that's kind of her trump card. And, you know, someone's like, this is a diner. Yeah, it'll only cost you 3,000 yen or like 3,500 yen. I was about to say, if I only had to pay 3,000 yen for some like a big chunk of A5 beef. (laughs) Oh, no, I think it was by ounce. Ah. But anyways. uh, This this team of Soma Nakumi and Mayumi go to the new Karage restaurant to sort of scope out the competition and they find out that basically the owner is not a nice person so now it's not only are they saving the town but they're fighting the evil restaurant owner snake lady yeah they make it abundantly clear that she is a snake is this at the point that they suggest uh that there's somebody behind like their new recipe and restaurant to uh, well the way the restaurants run, I, I think it's um, around here. They suggest that in the show, or or with like Soma and his group, like in the show with. Uh... Oh, in the show, yes. Okay. Yes, it's, it's about now where where they they talk to. Oh, uh, what what's his name? Uh, I know his name, but I don't think it's revealed what his name is. I think you're just shown that there's somebody behind the scenes, really, uh, pushing. Oh yeah, or, yeah. Basically, somebody, somebody's helping this new Karage uh, restaurant do really good and destroy Soma's town. Ooh. <laughs> Soma comes up with a genius new Karage recipe that's even more portable than before because, well, I guess part of Karage is it's something that's easy to just walk in, carry it out, yeah, carry, get carry out, and eat as you walk but he makes it even easier to eat as you walk well the the whole idea is is mayumi goes hey let's use you know the the benefits we have of like the community and so that gives some of the idea to make it so because because the uh oh what i forget the name of the the evil uh karage people but but theirs are basically like plastic pack. Like they're meant to, you get it, you get on the train, you go home, and you eat it at home. Mm-hmm. But optimal time to eat it would be right when it's fried. Yeah. So they make something that they can like walk and eat and walk through the um, shopping district. I believe what Soma ends up making is essentially a karage wrap. Yes, I, 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 well, I guess I can explain it here. So he take he basically makes a rice flour crepe, hmm. is the is the way I would describe it, uh, and then and then makes like a crepe wrap with the karage and and some herbs and 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 that kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of like, um, and it's based off of a Vietnamese style crepe thing where it's kind of like folded over. And you put basically like a, if you've ever had like a ba mi sandwich, it's kind of like that. But he, he's taking off of okay. I'm going to try to pronounce this Vietnamese dish. I'm sorry, uh, in advance. He he took inspiration from a ba zhu. Sounds good to me, but I'm sure there's somebody who's going to <laughs> somebody cringing, going, "Ah, oh, your pronunciation's horrible." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's basically like a folded over crepe with a bunch, basically like bami fillings in it. Uh, and he took that and then made it into, and this is basically made it into a falafel wrap. Yeah. So this starts bringing in the business and people are buying his new type of karage and walking around the shopping district and, you know, buying things at the shopping district. Oh, also, we should mention really quickly that he made this with help from the owner of a bento shop who's also like the chairman of like the committee that keeps the shopping district together you yeah. know and they basically put well i don't think they put it out of business but they they basically defeat the new karage restaurant in their their food duel of restaurants yeah i mean if your restaurant is losing 20% of your business in 3 days you're yeah. sunk so Soma has to go back to school, but he puts uh, Mayumi and 
the bento box guy in charge of keeping up, you know, making karage and selling them. You know, he's not just like, oh, I brought things back for a few days. See you later. Rotten hell. Yeah, yeah. He's, he sets it up so that, that they can succeed. Yeah. And he basically says to my because Mayumi, the whole thing has been like, I have no skills. But he tells her that, like, he knows that she's, like, super responsible and the only person he would really want to trust uh, with this. So he goes back to school and he meets the mastermind behind the uh, Karage place that was almost putting his town out of business. The alchemist. Whoa. Atsuya Aizen. And yes. I believe he's the ninth seat on the Elite Ten. I believe you are correct. Also, and... he's interesting because he doesn't really want to be a chef. He wants to make money. Hmm. Yeah. We didn't... His part in the in the restaurant wasn't cooking. It was being a consultant, essentially. Like where to put it and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Soma meets him. He's not important yet. I don't know if he's important later or if he's just a stepping stone for once uh, characters start getting into the Elite Ten. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have some theories on that, but mm. also... Uh... He does like kind of vow revenge on on Soma for tarnishing his perfect consulting record. Mm. I think it's that's about it for this arc. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was very much kind of a palate cleanser before we kind of uh, get into the the final uh, thread of the season, which is the autumn elections. Oh, we do also find out that Soma's in the autumn elections. Yes, but. But yeah, that's that's about it. So is there anything you want to talk about, like theme-wise, trope-wise, fan service-wise? Well, uh, the first I think the the first thing to talk about is is the clueless love triangle that has formed, where Soma basically, and and they almost confirm it by how he thinks when Megumi and Nakumi uh, meet. He's like, oh, they don't know each other. I should be a buffer so they get to know each other better but don't hate each other because their personalities aren't the same. Like, that's his thought that we're given. Uh, they both like him a lot, and he ab he absolutely has no idea. I mean, I actually kind of wondered about that. Like, is he totally oblivious, or does he just not care and think that it's not important to anybody else either? See, I think he's oblivious simply because they do specifically give us a scene um, when they're in the mall checking out the competition where he's like, he's like, I need to defuse the situation. And he thinks it's because they don't know each other that they're like basically like getting on each other's nerves when really they're both kind of mad that there's someone else there to spend time with him. Yeah. Also, you said Nakumi and Megumi. You meant Nakumi and Mayumi, right? <clears throat> Mayumi, yes. Yes. God, these these names are getting tricky. Yeah. But yeah, so so it's it's a weird love triangle where arguably the the main person has no idea. Like I think they gave us that scene to say, no, no, Soma like Soma's never thought about it before. He's all about the food. He is all about the food. And so I thought that was kind of interesting because uh, I, I I can't think of of ever really seeing that before. I mean, I'm sure other people have done it, but uh, it didn't really ring any bells to me. And if they've done it, it's probably not something that's been carried this far. Because, I mean, you you have characters who are oblivious to other people's affections. I don't think, generally, they stay oblivious this long. It, it's generally... Eh, it's hard to say. Yeah, like, I'm not saying it's the most special thing ever, but I thought it was a good touch. Yeah. Um... Also, kind of with uh, Nakumi, I was really, so I was kind of worried after they treated her, or after how they treated her with the training camp yeah. stuff. I was kind of worried that they would kind of leave her a pretty flat character. Yeah. Not but literally. Some... Sorry, I've already made that joke in a previous episode. I, I don't blame you. Uh, but no, no, they're starting to really flesh her out too, which I appreciate. Uh, it seems like they're kind of going out. They they are taking this time to really set up everyone. Yeah, and uh, spoilers, but in the autumn elections, 
a lot of characters basically get their own episode. Shocking. Yes. Um, let's see, what else do I have in my notes? Because, I mean, there wasn't a ton of, like, super... It, it was it was kind of lighthearted. Um, yeah. Oh, again, kind of the theme of, of, of winning with heart. Mm. But also, I, I, I was kind of trying to take that a little bit more because now that it's kind of happened several times, uh, I, I really wanted to take a moment to think about, like, is it just kind of like the Captain Planet, like, hey, we, by the power of heart, or is it kind of getting at something else? You know what I mean? Like, is it not just something to be brushed off as like, okay, they won with heart? I think what at least I'm reading out of it is, you know, think back to when Soma and Megumi were having the Shokugeki against uh, Pink Hair Mick Stick Up the Ass. Whatever his name was. You I know mean, what I'm talking was... about, right? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure I got that one right. Translated. <laughs> yeah. When he tells Megumi to make something that represents her. So, I don't think it's so much that it's winning by heart in that trying to treat cooking like a form of art in which, you know, it's self-expression. Essentially saying that cooking is not just a mechanical thing, it is also an art that you express yourself through. Exactly. And and so one of the things that I, I kind of decided to do, um, are you familiar with the Japanese tea ceremony? Yes. Can, can you explain that for, don't don't give the like huge, you don't have to explain the whole thing, but can you explain what that is if people haven't run into it? I mean, it's a cere- ceremonial way of drinking tea. The main thing I know about it is you use powdered matcha um, in special cups and... There's kimonos involved, would, and... Um, would you say it's it's kind of uh, almost pseudo-religious? Oh, definitely, definitely. So, so that I, I reread, so I, I mentioned this on, on episode zero, I think. I, I have a decent background in, in Japanese art. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about this, and, and that, bo- that book came to mind, so I recently reread uh my basically guide to the to the Japanese tea ceremony and it got me thinking so uh for for those that don't know uh religion in Japan is kind of interesting because in general it's not viewed as a your your Christian or Buddhist or whatever uh or Shinto uh it they have a much more fluid look on it there's there's much more of like the general like spirit let's say mm-hmm. um and and often uh they aren't viewed as as exclusive and so that got me thinking back with the tea ceremony the the spirituality that is found in a lot of of basically uh ritualistic japanese customs like yeah. the tea ceremony and so i was thinking more that heart wasn't the right word that i was using that it was kind of a it, food as spiritual we've definitely seen the theme of as food as spiritual before in the show exactly and I, and I definitely think that fits in when so i was thinking uh, even past that and and it's with so why is soma so good at cooking hmm. that's a question i think it i think it's comes down to a number of factors that they do kind of lay out. For example, yeah, but I mean, like it's it, it's not skill. Well, it is partially skill. Well, I mean, so much as in he can hang with everyone else, but yeah. like he's not so skilled that he can like basically strong arm his way through. Yeah, and I think it is like the the spiritual element. He doesn't like like basically someone doesn't get bogged down in details. True. He is all about the essence of the dish, the mm. spirit of the dish. And so that's where, wrapping back around to the tea ceremony, that's kind of where my mind is with that. And that's also why the karage was able to work the way it did. Because it wasn't, like, like the karage itself, like, they admit, like, theirs is good, but, like, the sauce that, that the other people worked on with for years, you know, theirs is still very, very good and, yeah. and arguably better, but... It's not that they made a sauce that just completely beats the other one. 
it's it's the essence of the dish why the dish exists how it exists that's actually it's a very good point and you do see that in a number of dishes that soma makes where he makes some changes to actually better capture the essence of a dish like in the shokugeki with nakumi she doesn't understand the essence of what's it called uh dawn so exactly she uses this expensive meat which doesn't really fit with the dish meanwhile Soma understands what Dawn really is at its core, what it's for. So that is definitely something you see a lot through this show. Well, I think that's what's been bugging me is that I wasn't able to quite put things together as like what what the undercurrent through all of the all the food battles and dishes Mm. made, like what the undercurrent of it was. And I think I'm finally getting there. Yeah, I think. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the only thing we have left to talk about is falafel. Well, I, uh, we have two things. Oh. We have falafel, but also I want to talk about the, the commercial slates. Oh? Well, so uh, a lot of anime that I have watched, the commercial slate is just like a funny little thing that you leave and come back with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's very much throwaway. Food War seems to actually genuinely use it for character building. Mm. Like giving you a little bit more of this character. All right, they have like you know their name, uh, a few things about their cooking, and like no, 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 they that. don't. They they actually will do like a a like little vignette, like a, a super quick vignette or like I a quote. They had to or... like here look at this guy's sort of like stats or something. Okay, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I mean, I mean they may at some point. Okay. Um. And I mean, not all the slates are great. You know, not all the slates are important, but like they do seem to use it as as something that that um, you know, a lot of times it's like a lighter-hearted side of the characters, which in a in a in a drama you don't always get a chance to yeah. do. And I just wanted to shout out that like that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Like right. shows a lot of their personality. It is good. But yeah, and then with the falafel, all I could think of whenever they did like the the rap, I was like, "That's basically a falafel rap." And I live, I literally lived on those uh, whenever I was in college because you could get like a two dollar falafel wrap, and it was great. The main thing to say about falafel, though, is if you haven't had it before, look around, see if there's like any decently rated falafel places, and get yourself a falafel. Yeah, and don't let the fact that it's basically just garbanzo beans uh, put you off. I thought it was chickpeas. Garbanzos are chickpeas. Okay. It just depends on where 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 you are. Okay. Anyways, um, get you some falafel. Yeah, it's it's great. It it, it is it is a really good staple food. Nutritious, uh, cheap. Delicious. Yes, but yeah, I was I was kind of surprised that whenever they were doing the the karage. That they didn't mention falafel at all. Like it, it really feels like a, a natural leap to make. I understand why they went with the Vietnamese because yeah. rice flour with that kind of fried chicken would be much better than let's say uh, like pita. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know. It just it, it that was the first time that that they've done something like that where I was like, ah, oh, but there's such a better option <laughs> to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just also really like falafel, so that might just be, might just be me. Yeah. Well, now uh, I'm really hungry, Andrew. Yeah, we're gonna go eat. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go I'm eat. Gonna, yeah. So, uh, Tim, where can where can people find us? There's, awam underscore pod on what, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pornhub, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Uh, also, our site is awam.pizza. And you can check our like our schedule, so you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, if you want to keep up, you know, watch along or not. Uh, if you have corrections, obviously send them in. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly, I keep a good eye on the Twitter. Uh, not as much the Instagram, but you can, you know, I, I we listen. Got our got our ear to the ground. We should start taking pictures of food while we're doing the show. 
Actually, I have been. Every time I have I have thought of it and gotten food because of watching the show, I have put it on Instagram. I've only oh, thought of it once though. But yeah, there's a there is a picture of a Don Burry uh, bowl. It doesn't look as good as it did in the in the in the show. I mean, that's almost going to be universally true. <laughs> I mean, it was delicious. Yeah. But. But. but yeah, that is the um, thought we will leave you with. But. But. But no, Tim, uh, is, is there any way people can, can tell you that you're not telling me enough stuff or that you should tell me this thing? Yeah, it's not quite set up yet. I haven't, you know, added any pictures or, like, no icon. I'm not following anybody. Like, I just made it. But you can find me on Twitter at GimmeThoseBoots. Okay. Yeah, and and we'll be we'll be shouting it out uh, once it's all made up on the on the the show Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go get everyone. Go get some food. This this has been an episode for like food. Go get like a you know get like a poke bowl or some tonburi or some tempura or some falafel. Don't forget the falafel. Ooh yeah, that'll be my lunch. Two dollar falafel. Here I come. Actually, I think it's like four dollars now. World we live in. All right, thanks for hanging out. Later.